Thank you for joining us. You are listening to a podcast from Bright City Church. For more information, visit our website, www.brightcitychurchuk.com or find us on social media at Bright City Church UK. Good evening, everyone. Welcome to uh, our latest edition of Word Up here at Bright City Church. And yeah, good evening to Word Up class of 2022, as Ben says. <laughs> good evening, Ben and Pastor Akin. How are you doing? Great to have you with us. Good to be here. Another week of delving into the great book of Revelation. Yeah. Yes, amen to that. It's great to be here again. <laughs> yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Yeah, we're, we're looking through the book of Revelation verse by verse, and we've come to the end of Revelation chapter 11 last time. That was the chapter when we looked at the um, the two witnesses, these you know, indestructible superhero prophets sent by the Lord in, in the last days, you know, to, to bring this great and powerful witness uh, of the truth to the earth. Um, they were in Israel, weren't they? And for three and a half years, they were pretty indestructible and they were bringing all sorts of signs and wonders. And then uh, Satan himself, or the Antichrist, I should say, uh, kills them. They're resurrected before everyone's eyes after three and a half days uh, lying in the streets and then we moved to a uh, finished off that chapter with a, a picture in heaven again we, we keep going to this heavenly perspective and the earthly perspective the heavens and the earth and uh, there's great rejoicing in heaven because um, the one who is and who was has come to take his place on the throne and uh, you know the the judgment and the vindication is finally coming uh, judgment for those who are in rebellion and vindication for the saints who reverence the Lord's name. And that's bringing us up now to chapter 11. So I'm going to read uh, Revelation 12, very symbolic uh, pictures that we're coming into now. I'm going to read from verse 1 through to verse 12 today. I think that's about as far as we, we might possibly get and then we can do the other half later. Um, so Revelation 12 verse 1 A great and wondrous sign appeared in heaven A woman clothed with the sun With the moon under her feet And a crown of twelve stars on her head She was pregnant and cried out in pain As she was about to give birth Then another sign appeared in heaven An enormous red dragon with seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns on his heads. His tail swept a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. The dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth, so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. She gave birth to a son, a male child, who will rule all the nations with an iron scepter. And her child was snatched up to God and to his throne. The woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God, where she might be taken care of for 1,260 days. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought back. But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. 
The great dragon was hurled down, that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. For the accuser of our brothers, who accuses them before our God day and night, has been hurled down. They overcame him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. Therefore rejoice, you heavens, and you who dwell in them. But woe to the earth and the sea, because the devil has gone down to you. He is filled with fury, because he knows that his time is short. Great, we'll stop there. Right, so here we've got a heavily symbolic um, picture here. Uh, many, many, many pictures really, but... Uh, how do we, you know, how do we interpret these symbols and pictures? And, and I would say, just as we, we set out, of course, there are many views, uh, there are different views of these symbols, but really we need to look at Scripture itself and and the, the way that these symbols or, or any symbols, you know, are used in the Word of God. We've got to remember, I want to say that, you know, this is that John, who was sharing this vision that God had given him, he was a Hebrew, a Jewish man, a Jewish fisherman, brother of James, who, you know, would have um, studied the, the Torah and the, the Jewish scriptures. And, you know, he would be familiar with all the imagery from there. And, um, you know, we've got this is our primary source, if you like, for looking at the, the symbolism and the images. It's the first place we start. We need to go back to the, the original source of these things as we as we look at the symbols. But uh, so it's a great and wondrous sign in heaven. Here's one thing I do want to also um, mention as we go into this. So I, I'm, I'm starting with, with, with some of my uh, kind of uh, thoughts or, or where I tend to tend to fall on the interpretation. We know that the chapters and verses, you know, were put for for our use and blessing, you know, hundreds of years down the line in the history of the church um, later on. And, and you know, generally they're, they're very helpful, but they're, they're, they've been put in there by man. And sometimes, you know, they're not in the best of places. It's interestingly, the very last verse before we go of, of chapter 11, as was put, don't forget there were no chapters and verses before when this is all written. Um, just pr prior to where we are, it says, Then God's temple in heaven was opened. And, and we're, we're seeing this picture of the Ark of the Covenant. And, and I, I, I believe, and, and, and the, um, the commentator who I was particularly referring to also, well, you know, I got it from him really, but I agree with it, that, it seems like God is highlighting his covenant. You know, the Ark of the Covenant is his promises, right? His promises to his people. Look, I, I, I'm, I'm watching over my promises. Here's my, the, my covenant, my Ark. And here now we see this sign in heaven and we're introduced to a woman, a sun, the moon, 12, 
12 stars and 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 then we we come to a dragon so so anyway let's see who is this woman um who is this woman ben who 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 might this woman be we'll start with you ben okay well there's lots of uh we were talking i was talking with pastor Aiken before and he's heard of the same kind of interpretations of, of who this woman might be um and there's three popular kind of uh identifications that people give some say possibly mary the mother of jesus some say the church and some say the nation of israel um but it's interesting you say about interpreting these different things like uh, revelation 12 is the most symbolic chapter in the most symbolic book of the bible apparently so oh, yes. with with mary it's it's interesting uh it, it it the reason it couldn't be her from what i was reading is that uh it says she fled into the wilderness and we know that mary and joseph fled to egypt but that wasn't a wilderness that was a you know a, a city a place so it couldn't be mary the church could it be the church it says that uh this this woman gives birth to a son who is is rules of the rod of iron which is jesus and the church didn't give birth to jesus Je uh, jesus gave you know birth to the church if you like so yeah. it can't be the church yeah. and then we come to the the, the conclusion which you know well <laughs> it's no probably no secret that we're in agreement that is it, it, it is israel mm. um and the reason being is like you said uh it, it was it was interpreting scripture going back to scriptures that would point you towards interpreting other scriptures yes uh, and with her the key the key thing we see is that she you know she um so she was clothed with the sun and the, with the moon under her feet and on her head a crown of 12 stars and we think well where where in scripture have we we've seen that before and if we go back to, to the beginning of the Bible, to the to the um, the, the Torah, uh, the first five books of the Bible, we've got Joseph, who was the dreamer, who went to Jacob, uh, who was the father of you know the twelve tribes of Israel, and it, with his with his uh, vision, he says, "I've had a dream, and behold, the sun, the moon, and eleven stars were bowing down to me." And Jacob says, shall I, your mother and your brothers bow down to you? And he was basically, you know, it, it, it was a, again one of these prophecies that or dreams that was interpreted uh, back in it, it, back then when they did bow down to him when he became the ruler of Egypt. But it also um, identifies this, these, these people who were Israel, you know, Jacob and the 12 sons who became the 12 tribes of Israel are identified with this sun moon and 11 stars and jake uh, joseph being the 12th star if you like yes and yeah. so we get this symbolism right back then identified with the nation of israel and then right at the end of the bible again you know this woman clothed with mm. the sun the moon under her feet and 12 stars you know this woman symbolizes yes the, the nation of israel if you like so that was that that was what i came up with from my my research and i think you guys probably you saw some of the the uh, same things yeah pastor akin have you anything yes. to add uh, <laughs> uh you know you know the one of the, the commentators that I was reading about was talking about how like ben said how symbolic this um chapter is 
And even John himself says now a great sign. And he kept on talking about the sign. Mm, so um, yeah. in, in, I guess in, in relation to, uh, you know, the reference to um, Mary, the mother of Jesus, you know, this this uh, commentator was saying that uh, we're, we're probably not we're not looking at a literal person here mm -hmm. um, because this is really symbolic. So that was kind of like that was yes, one of yeah. the. Um, conclude when he was coming to his conclusion to say, mm. I don't think it's Mary, the mother of Jesus, because you know, John here is really taught he, it, this is it's symbolism, and so we're not referring to um, an actual uh, to a, an actual woman who lived. And he said the same thing about the dragon as well, and all the other symbols that we're going to come across mm. here. That it's not we're not talking about an actual you know dragon with seven heads and you know yeah. ten horns and all the crowns and stuff like that. So yes, again, just looks like Ben says the. Um, conclusion that the commentaries I was reading that they've come to is that this is it's a reference to, to to Israel you know they were God's chosen people yes. and um and, you know this is what this is the this is who the, the this scripture is this is who the sign yes, is referring yes, to yeah. yes yeah <laughs> and and you know the the, the Genesis story you know it's it's it, uh, the Genesis 12 story the Abraham story Jacob the family it would have been so prominent in in you know the Jewish people's narrative, these you know, they were so familiar with it, and and I think uh, they would have been very familiar, yeah, you know, so familiar with the dream of Joseph, and uh, and so yeah, I, I I think it's very compelling that this, and 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 for me, it's uh, I I you know in full agreement that this is Israel along with many many commentators, lovely, and so she was pregnant, and she cried out in pain, was about to give birth. And and we can see that the she gave birth to a son, a male child who will rule the nations with an iron scepter. And we see how the, the child, you know, it, it seems pretty obvious that this is Jesus. This is the, the Messiah, the Christ child. So so this dragon, yeah, enormous red dragon with seven heads, ten horns, seven crowns, sweeping a third of the stars out of the sky and flung them to the earth. So this is a picture of Satan. Uh, I think, you know, again, that is fairly obvious. Um, right. We're even told, sorry, later on um, in this passage that the great dragon is Satan. I do beg your pardon. It, it is it is explained here in verse nine. It says the great dragon was hurled down. The ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray or who is the deceiver of the whole world. He was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So there we know this. This is Satan. And um, it says that the dragon stood in front of the woman who was about to give birth so that he might devour her child the moment it was born. What uh, what are we looking at here, Pastor Akin, would you say? Yes, I mean, I mean, like, like you've already said, uh, Pastor Ian here, and um, when we look to scriptures, it, it's it, we're looking here at um, um, King Herod, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, when yes. news of the, the, the news came to him that um, you know a, a king was being born in Bethlehem, and uh, you know straight away he's uh, he's trying to write from the from, you know from the from the news of this birth, he wanted to um, have this uh, king put to death. So we see again. I mean, this is a symbol here of, of it's symbolic of Satan, but we see here, we see from the scriptures that that was exactly what um, uh, Herod wanted to do to have that. Um, that king executed, and that 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 obviously was Jesus, and um, we also see Satan himself coming to um, actually 
to um, to kill Jesus as well. I mean, he, I mean, he, uh, he, he failed at the first attempt, didn't he? Through Herod, but um, yes. I believe at the time of the, the crucifixion of the Lord, he thought that he'd actually succeeded there. Absolutely. But uh, once again, he uh, he's, he'd failed again. And um, we're about to saying here that the, the scripture does refer to the the, the, the man child being caught up by God uh, and to his throne, and we can see that that, that um, is a reference to our Lord Jesus Christ, isn't it? That uh, you know, he was ascended to heaven and seated at the right hand of the Father in glory. But um, yes, we, we, yeah. we see here this is a the attempts yeah. of the of the, of the enemy to um, stop the the plan and purpose of God through our Lord Jesus yeah. Christ. So these are quite obviously, absolutely, and and these are well understood. And I think the imagery here is quite obvious, isn't it? Um, you know, giving birth to a son. It's interestingly how it says a son, a male child. Um, you, you know, it's uh, it's quite an unusual phrase, you know, a son. Of course, a son is a male child, but it seems there's 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 a real focus on this is literally, uh, and and the literal, um, if you literally interpret the the Greek there, it's a male child, a son of man, a literally a son, a human being, a special a special human, you know, a special person. So this is that person it is obviously jesus who will then rule the nations with an iron scepter that is a very clear reference again to a very well-known messianic psalm to the, the the jews of of um psalm 2 speaking about you know my son who will come and rule the nations with an iron scepter so yes it's it is jesus so i mean but this book revelation is is looking at the future how come here you know we're seeing this sort of picture of supposedly what's to come and now we've got a picture of a very of something that's already happened how can we discern you know what is future what is past and and you know we seem to be all over the place who's got any uh, ben what what's your thoughts on this you know how do we know where we are in the time frame well as we kind of said before um heaven is a is a timeless place and it's it's almost like we're getting um a heavenly perspective on on yeah. earthly goings on uh and it, it it kind of skips i mean we go from like the the birth of jesus and and herod and all that it skips completely over the whole life of jesus and then um it, it is his ascension he was caught up to god um and so it's it's uh it's kind of just a heavenly comment i guess on on what was going on at the time of jesus which is as Pastor Aiken was saying, you know, the, the, the devil uh, has been after wiping out the, the firstly the line of, of the Messiah, which, you know, it started way back, you know, uh, in, when the Pharaoh tried to wipe them out. Uh, oh, yes. The book of Esther, when he's yeah. trying to wipe out Esther and all of that, even in the intertestamental period when we had like, um, you know, the things going on with the, the Jews and, you know, it was foiled each time the plans to wipe out the Jews are forward each time. And so now, you know, that Jesus came and he was ascended, it's almost like, so Jesus now goes after the people of God, you know, uh, rather than it hasn't foiled the coming of the Messiah. So now he's, he's after the, the, the people of God and, and the nation of Israel, if you like, the Jews, the Jews and the church, uh, as we'll probably see. Yes. But yeah, as for the timeline, it's, it's, it's one of those things again, isn't it? It's a timeless place, heaven, and uh, you know we're we're looking at things like 
transfiguration of Jesus and the crowning of him and the two witnesses, Moses and Elijah, who were thousands of years apart, but yet they appear maybe as the two witnesses. We've got here where it's going back over the birth of Jesus and the ascension of Jesus. And yeah, yeah. it's, it's yes, it, beyond, beyond our understanding, isn't it, some of these things? As you say, yeah, these this sort of different, you know, heavenly perspective. We're, we're suddenly seeing things from up in heaven. Then we're down on the earth and seeing what's going on on the earth. We're suddenly in time. Then then we might be up in heaven, almost outside of time, looking at this panoramic sweep of 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 things going on. It's interesting talk, talking of that. We seem to be, you know, we've got the 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 dragon looking to devour the child as soon as it's born child is snatched up you know the the Christ child to in the resurrection we would say and and then verse 6 it says the woman fled into the desert to a place prepared for her by God where she might be taken for 1260 days it seems like now we're we're straight back down we're almost looking telescopically into the a future event here any thoughts on that, Pastor Rackin? Uh, as, as you as you were talking, um, Pastor, I was just thinking that this is this is very much um, what today in science fiction we would call time travel, isn't it? It's like um, yeah, you know, we're, go we're going into the future, and then we're, we seem to be going into the past, and then we're coming back into the present. And yes. um, yeah. you, you know, it's, it's it's very much a case of like Ben was saying, because I believe that um, from God's perspective, everything is quite timeless, isn't it? And, um, you know, it, it takes literally a couple of minutes to read the whole of chapter 12 of the book of Revelation. But that those few minutes, it's the, the, I mean, the, the time that spanned in those um, we, we, we literally could be talking about. I don't know if, if I'm not mistaken, say it, more than a thousand years, two thousand years, maybe more than that even. Yeah. But, um, so as Ben said, from our perspective, it, it can be a little bit like how do we how do we put this into, you know, how, how can we put this into context? And I think earlier, before we started, we were saying that, you know, as we're reading this, it's almost as though we're, we're following a, a chronological order of how things happen. But we don't really know whether there were some of these chapters, like you said, they, they actually overlap and some of the, the what's going on. They're actually there's, there's an overlapping of some of those things Absolutely. that they're but because we're reading them in a kind of like a chronological order in our minds. I guess we're trying to figure out this happened first and that happened next. But, you know, in God's perspective, it's like he's just this is the whole piece. He is um, sharing with us the plan. That he has for humanity isn't it not yes, just yeah. for you know um you know our lord jesus christ or for the nation of israel or for the jews but for the whole of humanity and it spans yeah. all generations of humanity as well so it's quite uh it's quite exciting in one sense in the fact that again as we've been saying god is in control of of things which yes. might seem you might be reading the book of revelation and thinking that things seem to be quite chaotic and you know we don't even know we don't do we understand what all of these things mean but i, I think where we can um draw a lot of comfort from and a lot of encouragement is and all of these things god is, is unfolding these things and uh, he's in control of these things that's why he's showing us these things um so i i, I find that um you know quite encouraging that uh we're to hold fast to our our, our faith in yeah. these times even if we don't particularly understand every single thing that we're reading in this book absolutely yeah i think one of the things we've kind of learned from from word up like mm. it, again and again it keeps coming out probably merits its own study on its own is this nature of prophecy where there's a fulfillment kind of here and a fulfillment mm. later on down the line uh like a dual nature of prophecy and we, we've seen it again and again and again where something 
is fulfilled or something is pointed towards for instance like with joseph like we just said yeah. that that whole thing related to him and his family and his brothers uh bowing down to him when he mm. became prime minister of israel yeah it, it it relates to now like revelation uh we've identified the woman as, as the nation yes. of israel from mm. from that again it's that dual thing that, yes. that seems to be going on which yes is, even is god god sort of writing in these types and symbols in the history of his people you know that would point like like joseph being a type of of jesus christ and and many others you know types and symbols pointing forward absolutely god knew didn't he nothing is there by chance you know he has written the story from from beginning to end and uh isn't that isn't that wonderful to know that god as you say pastor Agin, he's in control he's written the story he he's won we win we're on the winning side it's just wonderful to to watch the story unfold to be part of that story and and i suppose also to ensure that we are you know we're a useful and 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 faithful part of that story as well absolutely so um yeah going back to this um you know uh the, the the child was snatched up we saw and then it seems we we come to this time in the future even the future from now that this woman fled into the desert so that's israel flees into the desert to a place prepared for her by god where she might be taken for 1260 days here again we have this um this period of time which we've very much looked at before it's come up in this story of revelation of the three and a half years this sort of very specific time frame that comes up time and again um which you know is a period of tribulation it's a period of of, of um of great un turmoil it's a period of suffering for israel and and it seems like israel is somehow protected taken into the wilderness somewhere and and the wilderness is often symbolic of god took his people into the wilderness to care for them do you remember when uh, of course we remember when they were brought out of egypt into the wilderness and god surrounded them you know he had the the cloud of fire so, sorry, he had the, the pillar of fire, the pillar of cloud. He fed them supernaturally. He guided them. You know, he took his son into the wilderness, didn't he, to, to, to prepare him for his ministry. He took John the Baptist into the wilderness to kind of protect him from, um, you know, from the religious leaders or whatever. So, yeah, this, this wilderness. What, do, what else do we know about? Do we know anything else about this time in the wilderness or the desert i believe it comes up elsewhere in possibly in the book of revelation i should know this and i feel slightly unprepared but this this talk of this what's this special place where they're hidden in in the kind of ruins of jordan or something do, do, does that ring a bell guys i did i did come across this yeah i mean this this period uh kind of going back to what you said about three and a half years where it talks about a time of tribulation i remember we kind of spoke and we haven't delved into it very much where there is a time where uh, Israel will be favoured within the tribulation, where the temple will be reestablished. There will be some kind of international agreement. And then midway through, uh, like three and a half years in, the beast comes and, and, and uh, you know, reneges on his, his agreement and uh, goes after Israel, which mm. is the second half, the, the, the 1,260 days where we see Israel running 
um, and being protected. But yeah, going back to what you were saying, uh, there was there's a bit where we, it's kind of later on in Revelation, which I'm sure we'll probably get yes, to next week, it, where it yeah. talks about Israel being um, uh, the woman being given the wings of an eagle so she might fly from the serpent into the wilderness, which yes. probably relates to this bit. And the wings in the Bible always talk about deliverance. You know, God covers uh, his people with his wings, you know, gives wing his strength, like the wings of eagles, all that kind of thing, and, and gives protection with his wings. And um, the wilderness, I, I don't know quite how they came to this, but one of the commentators I was uh, listening to, he talks about, and you just kind of said it yourself, Ed, about the fortress at Petra. Petra, um, that's right, it, yes. Yeah. Uh, and he, he, the reason he says that is because there's a scripture, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find it right now, where it talks about the Lord coming up from a place which is called Bosra. Here, here we go, Isaiah, Isaiah 63. Uh, who is this, uh, verses 1 to 3, who is this that comes from Eden with garments of glowing colours from Bosra? This one who is majestic in his apparel, apparel, marching in the greatness of his strength. It is I who speak in righteousness, mighty to save. And it's saying, well, He's coming. Why would Jesus be going down to Bosra, which is by Petra? Um, is it possible that he's going there to deliver a remnant of his people that's protected by God? And that, that I mean, that's the, the comment that they made that, uh, you know, that, that God is hiding these people away. He's given them flight uh, with the wings of protection. Like you're saying, they were sustained in the wilderness in Exodus. Mm. And, you know, he's done it he's, again, dual, dual kind of word to them. He's done it before in their history. He's kind of done it again with the nation of Israel from that was formed in 1948. Um, some miraculous deliverances there. His faithfulness is is eternal, isn't it? It, it would that principle of God and his protection would be good for the future as well. So yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, all again symbolism is a key thing here isn't it you know the woman the dragon the wings that he gives the woman to fly into the wilderness yeah. it's all very very um it, it, to be interpreted and there, mm -hmm. there's obviously dangers there because everyone's got their angle on it but we you know if you go back to scripture and look at the principles like what do wings symbolize what do uh you know what does a dragon symbolize what what how do i identify the woman then i think we're really getting to the point where we are using scripture to interpret scripture yeah. which is what peter and paul do um and you're getting some way to being a bit more more accurate if we could say that in humility absolutely you know yeah. And, yeah. and uh finding out some meaning that we can then you know i guess the value of it is we apply we can apply it to our lives you know here we see god is a protector of his people there's there's the principle that's coming through that he sustains them in the wilderness that he protects them from danger um you know that yeah, he keeps yeah, yeah this is the victory that kind of thing absolutely thanks ben yeah going into the next verse seven and there was war in heaven now we have this again we, we're jumping up to the heavenly perspective here we got earth heaven earth heaven and and as we know i think you know war in heaven is is often reflected with with fighting on the earth you know what's happening in heaven affects what's happening on earth doesn't it and and there's war in heaven it's got michael and his angels fought against the dragon now michael one of the mighty angels of the lord one of the warring angels one of the the angels who is the protector of israel 
Michael particularly is the protector of Israel. So here again we have, and 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 I've got a great reference for that, and that's um, Daniel again, as we were saying, Ben. Let's refer to what the scriptures and the prophecies already say. Daniel 12, it says, At that time, this is in the end times, Michael, the great prince who protects your people, will arise. Daniel 12 verse 1. There will be a time of distress such as not happened from the beginning of nations until then. But but until then. But at that time, your people, everyone whose name is found written in the book, will be delivered. So, um, yeah, there you go. You've got uh, Michael rising up. There's there's a fighting um Again, fighting over the the Jews, you know, the the, the Jewish mm. people and and the people of God, we we're we're a result. We're grafted in. We're the blessing of you know that have come from the promises of God. You know, we know that God said to Abraham, through you, Abraham and and your Jewish family, my people, all the peoples of the earth will be blessed. Everyone who calls on my name, you know, will will, will be brought in. And uh, we have met with with the God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob through the, the son, the one son and savior coming through out of Israel, Jesus Christ, the Messiah of God's people. And now we're brought in and we belong as well to his family. We're all become one. So so we've got to keep remembering the, the great context of, of all this. So the dragon, oh, it says, and the dragon and his angels fought back. There's this warring in heaven. It seems over the woman, over Israel, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. Then we yes, go to absolutely. verse eight. But he was not strong enough, lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down. That ancient serpent called the devil or Satan, who leads the whole world astray, was hurled to the earth and his angels with him. So Pastor Akin, yeah. You know, we've got a picture here of, of Satan and the angel, the fallen angels, I presume, you know, the rebellious being thrown down. Um, we, we've seen before as well, though, that, you know, like after Eden, it seemed that the Satan was cast out, wasn't he? Any thoughts on, on, on Satan being hurled down or, or anything else you want to say at this point? Yes, absolutely. Just just to, just to touch on one quick thing that passed away, the... Yeah. That the commentators mentioned about the, um, you know, the, the centrality of of Israel in all these things that are happening, and um, he he was kind of like, um, you know, as we as we've been talking about, you know, the fulfillment of of um, you know God's plan, His purpose, His will, the prophecies of God over time, and uh, he he was just saying about now that we shouldn't be that some people seem to be questioning, you know, the the importance of the nation of Israel and and its um, centrality to you know things relating to god and he was just he was just again highlighting this that this is the reason why there's such a tussle over that nation even right now yes. that israel seems to be at the center of, of so much um controversy in, in not, not just in the middle east but um yeah. it's, it's, it's almost as though the whole world is is divided over you know the the yes, if you if yes. you if i can use the word the importance of israel yeah. and that um even though if you look at the the area of, of land that that uh, that the nation occupies it's quite small in comparison to all the other nations around it but however it's and he's and he was just pointing to this whole issue of the you know that the purposes of god the plan of god the sovereignty of god and god's plan for humanity and, and again i so just to re-emphasize that again mm. and that's why Absolutely. you know you you, you, the, the, you know israel we cannot discount that nation because of God's plan 
for that nation and for its people as well. And uh, as, as we've been saying here, the Messiah came from that nation. And so that's why we're, we, it's always going to be like this mm. from now until the end of time. Israel is always going to be central to what's happening in, yes. in world affairs. Um, so just just coming to this whole issue of um, you know Satan being cast out, you know again the commentators were, were talking about. I know we, we're going to come to this just in, in the, the the next few verses when he's cast out. But he was just saying that you know the accuser of the brethren, you no, know, he accuses the brethren before God day and night. Yes. And uh, he was just saying that um, some people find that difficult, especially Christians. They find it difficult to um, accept the fact that um, up until this point, as, as we see it, that Satan has access to God. And, um, you know, that, that commentator, again, as we're talking about scripture, referring to scripture, it refers back to the book of Job, where, yes, you know, yes. the Bible actually says that the devil, you know, he's come, he's going, with, he comes to the presence of God, doesn't he? Yeah. Where where the other angels are. And uh, the, God actually says to him, where have you been? And he says, oh, I've been, you know, I've been all over the earth. I've been to and fro on the earth. And he yeah. comes and, and what does he do? He becomes to accuse um jabe sorry joe before god does that's what he does yeah. mm. and that's why he's called the accuser of the brethren and he does have it's difficult to understand how he still has access to to heaven and to the actually the throne of god as well and um those um you know as you said but at a point in time he's denied that access and as as we read when he's cast out from heaven with those other rebellious angels he's you know there's a great fury in him because he knows that his time is short but um again you know the, the emphasis here is on the the fact that you know god as, as you've already pointed out, uh, Pastor, he's he's already been victorious. You know, all all of these things. You know, sometimes as Christians, we read these things and we find them quite daunting, don't we? That how can how can the devil, how can Satan have ex- access to the throne of God? But none of these things uh, are taken God by surprise. He's he, you know, they're in the scriptures. When we read them, we can see that they're there. He's in control of all of these things. Some people actually, the commentaries that I was reading, where they were questioning, how was it possible for these angelic beings to be um you know to to rebel against god how was that possible yeah and um you know the commentator again will just say look he, god created these creatures and he, he still gave them free will yeah. just as he has given human beings free will and they they made that decision didn't they that mm-hmm. uh, a third of them made that decision to follow satan mm-hmm. and uh, the consequence of that is that they they eventually they're cast out of heaven and that's it that they're not there's no um way of them regaining that place that they've lost and uh, but he said the comforting thing is that you know two thirds of them remain faithful, and so the the faithful ones they outnumber the uh, the fallen ones by two yeah. to one. So he says again, you, you can see that you know those who were faithful to God exceeded those those who were not in terms of the the angels. Yeah, oh, that's brilliant. Thanks, Pastor Akin. Yeah, it seems. I wonder if it's looking at almost like a a future, you, you know, almost secondary reduction of, of of satan's access and restriction of his his place of 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 movement almost so and it seems to suggest that doesn't it and and it's it's almost then saying oh you know even though this great rejoicing in heaven ah yes you know now salvation and power and the kingdom of god the authority the accuser of our brothers is now hurled down um and then it says but oh woe to the earth now because you know he's come down to you it's almost like the the total concentration of his his fury will be you know you know more focused on 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 the things on earth does that is that what um yeah. we understand this to be i wonder what that would look i suppose it's you know all the 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 evil being um you know influenced by you know the the leaders at the time or 
but uh, yeah. It's interesting that we, we get this whole picture of war in heaven uh, and uh, one of the commentators was saying that this whole thing about him being thrown down, it kind of relates back to one of the, I was talking about it earlier, the fifth or sixth trumpet where it talks about stars being cast down from heaven and like yes. seeing meteors being you know, cast down from the heavens and the sky falling and all this kind of thing. And it's almost like, again, we're getting an earthly picture and a heavenly picture of, um, you know, this, this picture of, of Satan being cast down. And like in scripture, interpreting scripture in uh, Isaiah, for instance, it talks about, you know, if you relate to this as well, how, how were you fallen from heaven, O day star, which means Lucifer, son of dawn. And then Ezekiel, I cast you as a profane thing from the mountain of God. I destroy you, O guardian cherub. And again, I thought that was interesting. Now, if this is Satan they're talking about, and it's identified him as a as a cherub. A who, cherub yeah. When we were looking at the throne, and the, there was different mm. orders of angels, like yes. seraphim, cherubim, archangels, and it's you know it says a cherub, and like a cherub was the one who sat at the side and even underneath God's throne to lift it, uh, and you know led mm. the kind of worship and and that kind of thing, and it's. Was was Satan, uh, you know, one of the cherubim? Yes. Um, and, and for Michael as well, I think you know, our, getting our angelology is, is awesome. Yeah. He's the only one who's named as a as an archangel, although you know maybe Gabriel was as well, but specifically named as an archangel, which is a oh, prime yes. angel, like yeah. a a ruling angel leading the armies of God yeah. to into this time of of war mm. against the dragon. I thought it was awesome. He, uh, the roles of the angels are, are amazing. Like uh, Michael himself is the voice that announces the return of Christ when the dead are raised uh, in Thessalonians. And he's identified as the chief archangel in Jude as well. And he's, like you said earlier on, Ian, he's, mm. he's specifically identified with the protection of Israel, which, you know, you think, wow, there's this whole system going on that is alluded to you know when we talk about spiritual warfare and principalities yes. of powers that's right yes exactly. and here is michael leading the armies of heaven against the you know yes. the, the yeah i was just in fact going to say the same but almost in the application side for us it, we, we see don't we from scripture ephesians as you were referring to there you know that that we are somehow called as well to engage in the spiritual warfare or certainly, you know, putting on the full armor of God for indeed, you know, our battle is not against flesh and blood, but but there there are warring principalities and powers. And it seems like if we're not, um, you know, if we're not following the scriptures, following the revelation of God and being alert, prayerful and and kind of serving the lord and and these things then we are susceptible to these warring demons and and who are who are thrown down who are you know they're working hard to to kind of uh, foil what we're doing to 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 stop us to make us um you know uh uh you know yeah it's He's our adversary. Against, yeah. against everything that God has made and it makes mm. you kind of scratch your head at people like Satanists and you know, people who are into the occult. It's like don't you realise that these very things that you believe in are actually in the Bible That's but right. they're there to destroy you, you know, yes. they destroy everything of God. 
And Anne asks a question, these angels, where are they now? It's a good question, Anne. And I would say to you, you know, that they are even referred to now, what are referred to now as demons. You know, they are, they're fallen, so they're the spirit beings, and, and sort of Satan is the prince of demons, and the demons are now, you know, the, the, the fallen angels, and they're, they're, you know, they're doing their work. They're, they're doing their work. We, we, we see various pictures of how, how they do work, and, and they're, they're looking to come against Israel, come against the people of God. They're looking to steal, kill, and destroy everything they can because, you know, they know that their time is short, and they're, you know, Satan is unleashing his fury. But, you know, thank, thanks be to God, we are perfectly safe and we cannot be really touched or harmed by the, the satanic world we we can be you know wrongly influenced and, and not we have to be alert but uh, you know it says nothing can separate us from the love of god the blessings of god the presence of god neither neither satan nor the demons nor death or hell nor anything can so so don't be afraid but yes, yes the, the fact of the matter is they're out there, they're around, they're looking, but we are, we're surrounded by a hedge of protection. We're protected um, day and night. We're, 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 it says that, that God's own angels, you know, and, and he's got two to one on them and they're powerful and, and they're protecting us, you know, and he says, I, I, my angels are, um, what, what are the scriptures? You know, he will send his angels to guard you and protect you in all your ways. So we, so don't be afraid, but um, be afraid for the people who don't have that protection. You know, this is why we need to pray that people are saved. And, and we, yeah, I, I could go on. We could go on, couldn't we, friends? But uh, it's a good question. So if, mm -hmm. if Satan worshipped God, that means the devil could never win. Uh, you, you're right. You're right, Matt. Um, the devil can never win. And the Lord promises he will build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail. Amen, Maureen. That's the promise. That's the that's the final word from Ben's mum. And it's a great <laughs> final word. The gates of hell shall not prevail. Hallelujah. We're on the winning side. And uh, it's a good place to finish there. Know that you're on the winning side. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your protector, your saviour. And uh, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for listening in, everyone. Thank you to dear Ben and Akin. Great to have you with us, as, as always. So have a fantastic couple of weeks, and we will carry on and, and finish Revelation 12 next week, friends. In the meantime, may God richly bless you, my beloved. Amen. <laughs> bless you all, guys. Thanks. Bless. Bye. Bless. Bye. Bye.